Harvest Australia Church podcast. We're so glad you're listening today. We pray this blesses you and encourages you. And if you want to get in touch with us or find out more about our ministry, please check out our website or social media. We pray you have a great day. So today I I want to share fairly briefly, uh, I've got a couple of things I want to touch on, but... um, um, of course, great to do baptisms this morning, and you know, one of our kids baptized, which is amazing, and um, and so we just we just agree with them this morning, and of what a testimony that is, and it's it's a powerful thing, isn't it? And sometimes, you know, it's it's uh, one of those things that we. Um, can not necessarily fully recognize the power of what we're doing at the time, but Jesus did it, and there's a command to do it. And so when we do that together, so if there's anyone here this morning, we're not, don't worry, the water's chilling off. We won't do you today. But if you felt something inside that, hey, I would like to do that, then please come and see Ryan or myself after the service or email us or something in the next couple of weeks and uh, we'd love to baptize you because it's one of those things, it's, it's just a stamping of his blessing and his life upon us and refreshing and just that resurrection life uh, being a testimony and it's, it's powerful, isn't it? And so we want to give you that opportunity, an open-ended invitation for anyone to, to let us know. Um, today I want to talk about your story. Every single person in this room has a specific story to tell. Some people question their story. They think, oh, well, I haven't got a fantastic testimony like that person. I didn't, you know, do drugs in my younger years and then come to the Lord. And then, you know, uh, you know maybe you had a fairly normal testimony to tell. And I have a fairly normal testimony to tell, to be honest with you. And there's times that I've even felt, oh, well, you know, I couldn't like go into the jails and, you know, relate to all the inmates and tell them how bad I was and, um, you know, and then feel really on side with me and win them over. And, you know, you hear, hear some great testimonies uh, over, the, over the years, don't you? But uh, a lot of us have, and some of us do have those testimonies of, of powerful uh, moments from darkness into light and, uh, and, and transformation of life. And so whether it's one of those kind of testimonies or whether it's a testimony that is more simplistic and maybe a journey and, and, and like James Gold said when he was here, he had no BC, he had no before Christ. And sometimes I feel like that myself, even though there's times when there's been a heightened awareness of God calling and impressing upon me. And so that's been my experience. But each one of you has a story to tell and your story is powerful. There's nothing like hearing someone else tell you how they came to know Jesus to refresh your own faith. Just like we did this morning, we did baptisms. And when you see those people, maybe you remember when you were baptized. And you can remember that moment when you went down, you came up and and God just did something. Maybe something dramatic, maybe it's just a refreshing or a washing. But something happens when we're baptized. Just like something happens when we're converted. Something happens when we're filled with His Spirit. Something happens when we're with Him. And each one of us has an experience of that. Now, some, maybe the journey has been up and down. And so the story hasn't ended for all of us yet. It hasn't ended for anyone yet, actually, unless, you know, who knows. But uh, ultimately, we are on a journey of testimony. We're on a journey of walking out our testimony of God's goodness. 
it's easy when we face trials in life, and we've all been through various trials. We go through ups and downs. Maybe we question our testimony, and we think that that's going to be my story. My story's going to end there. It's going to end in a bad place. Maybe walking away from the Lord, disappointment, fear, rejection. All of these different things can push, seemingly push us away from God's plan and His goodness. But it's just part of the story. It's just part of the journey. And we don't end there. We then, there's, there's one word which I used to find really boring. And if someone said to me, this word, this word will be a key to your success, I would have said, well, I'll, I'll pick a whole lot of other things over that. And the word is consistency. Consistency. It seems like quite a boring word at the time. It's like, really? Consistency? You know, if, if you're a, you know, a footy player or a cricket player or a sport player and someone says, oh, you're really consistent. You know, it's not, it's not the kind of word that you'd love. You, you want to be the Buddy Franklin. You want to be the star. You want to be the, the heightened, um, you know, you're phenomenal. You're, you know, breaking new ground. But there's something powerful about consistency. Consistency of doing small things well and doing it, consistent, doing it consistently. I want to read a, a verse for us from uh, Mark chapter 5, verse 19. I think we've got it up here in the New Living Translation. And this verse is Jesus speaking, and he's saying this to a person who used to have demons. And he had just healed this person of demons. This person was obviously demonized because they were a mess. An absolute mess. And so he encounters Jesus and Jesus then says, No, go home to your family and tell them everything the Lord has done for you and how merciful he has been. In other words, give them your testimony. Give them your testimony. Explain to them what I just did for you. And each one of us has moments in our life that we can share with other people. Some people find evangelism difficult. It's confrontational. It's nerve-wracking. It's daunting. It's hard. And it can be really difficult. But telling your story is not that hard. If you're with someone, if you're around people, even in the workplace, there's opportunities that will arise for your story to be input into that situation. And no one, no one can cut you down for that because it's your story. And it's powerful. And it's interesting how people will listen to a story. They'll listen to something about your life more than they'll listen to you preaching at them. And so theology won't cut it in the lunchroom with a whole lot of atheists necessarily, will it? But your story can. Your story can. The actual message of Jesus through your life. And if, if, if you think about it and... I've often thought about this over the years. I thought, well, but there was nothing majorly dramatic. But then you just think of the little things. You never know what that little thing is going to mean to that person around you. And I want to encourage us today um, in, in the attitude of baptism and, and people telling their story and a testimony to Jesus. I want to encourage all of us to begin to tell our story. And it might just be a small way, it might be an email, it might be a conversation, but be bold enough to recognize that you are not less than the next person in the room. God's given you something powerful to use for His glory. And if we have our hearts postured toward that, then we actually make opportunities for that. Opportunities begin to open up. 
Doorways begin to open up. You'll, you'll be amazed what happens. I've realized this when we posture our hearts toward evangelism, even if we don't call ourselves an evangelist, doors begin to open. People, you know, a conversation in the lunchroom, a conversation in, you know, a cafe or a car park or whatever it might be. There'd just be an opportunity like, wow, okay, I've never had those opportunities, but all of a sudden I've got opportunities. Why is that? Because when we posture our hearts towards something, God is faithful and he begins to open doors in that direction. And this is what Jesus is saying to the guy who had demons. He's saying, okay, you've been healed. It's phenomenal. There's great things. Now go and tell your story. Now go and tell your family what has happened because that makes it real in our lives, doesn't it? makes it real. It makes us think about it. It makes us treasure it. And so I want to just give you a few questions today about your story. What is your story? Or what is some of the little testimonies that you can begin to share? Or maybe you already do. What are some of those things you can begin to use for his kingdom about your story? Because one thing the enemy will tell you is you do not have a very powerful story. But I want to encourage you today, you have a very powerful story. You have a very effective message to certain people. Each one of us is needed in the kingdom of God to spread the gospel. We're all needed. It's not one person here, there, or preachers or anything like that. Everyone is needed to tell their story. And you can see this, interestingly enough, in indigenous tribes all over the earth and in Australia, the Aboriginal people. You know, you hear their stories. And the stories are so paramount to how they live. They treasure them through the generations. We can see this in the Bible as well. We can see it in in Israel. We can see it right through Scripture. You know, the, the fathers of the faith telling the stories of those who journeyed through. Because a story is powerful. Your story is powerful. Don't limit the power of your effectiveness of telling your story. Just the simple things. Maybe it's a healing. Maybe it's a breakthrough. Maybe it's just the faithfulness of God. I, I, I can tell you with, when it comes to finances, consistency has been the king testimony point for us. We've, we've given sometimes dramatically and uh, boldly and in faith and really stepped out in faith and just given as much as we maybe can at that time. And it's, it's funny when you do that in faith, you kind of you hover for about three weeks after that. You hover to the letterbox. You hover just near people, just seeing if there's a handshake coming or just something. You know, you just hover around waiting for God to just explode the tenfold. You know what I mean? And, uh, and for us, it's never happened that way. That's, that's our story. It's never really happened that way. But it's been consistent giving into the kingdom and then saying, Lord, you do whatever you want with this seed, but we're going to sow it anyway. And so we've done it. We've done it to you know, all ends of the earth if we can. And we've done it just faithfully and generously and with no compulsion, as Paul says. And then over time, consistently, the Lord has blessed us. And so if you have given up some area of life, not talking about giving, but I'm talking about your story, your journey. If you've given up some area through disappointment, through fear, or through lack of breakthrough, I want to tell you, it's the small increments that build success. It's the small consistency of now just putting one foot back in the saddle to try and get back on the horse, of beginning to even tell yourself, I am good enough. 
because some people don't think they're good enough. Why? Because they, maybe they've failed or something just hasn't happened. But, but his word over you is you are good enough. You are good enough. And your story is powerful. And actually, you are needed in the kingdom. Because the Bible tells us to pray for harvesters. Because the harvest is ready for collecting. People are ready to hear the gospel. They're ready to hear. But sometimes we're, we're speaking Chinese because maybe we're trying to theologize them or trying to tell them how, trying to prove to them that the Bible is real and stuff like this. And there's nothing wrong with any of that stuff. But for me, in my you know, journey of specifically in the workplace, it's one of the hardest, probably uni's the same and I wasn't smart enough to go there. But in the workplace, I found that really hard to actually translate what we do here on Sunday, our worship, baptizing, all this, or translate that to someone actually physically sitting at a desk near me in the workplace. I don't know about you, maybe you find it easier, but I found that very difficult. And I'd often, you know, start it, well, you know, he wants to, you know, fill you with joy and he wants to do all good stuff. And I think they just sit there and go, oh, great, great. But if you tell your story to them, you're not trying to convince them of anything. You're just telling your story. And hey, they tell you their stories all day long about the weekend and last week and this. They're telling their stories all the time. So why don't you start telling yours about the good things God's doing? And you don't even have to spiritualize it or Christianize it or anything like that. But actually telling the goodness of God through your life, through who you are, what you've seen, what he's done for you. And, you know, it's, it's amazing. These days, people are getting really, really creative in how they tell their story. And, and I find that really interesting. But he... I want to give us three things that I've found really helpful just quickly in the area of beginning to tell our story. And these are, these are very simplistic. They're by no means the total list, but I, have, I hope you find these helpful. Uh, the first one, first one is being personal, being personal, making it genuine. No one wants to listen to a fake. No one wants to listen to someone who thinks they know everything, but you look at their life and half of that has actually accomplished it's, it's, there's nothing like authentic people power to actually translate and bond with people. Authenticity, authenticity, genuine nature. And when people can actually see, hey, this person's journeyed through some stuff. You know, they're not just perfect little Christian all the time. They've actually journeyed through some stuff, but they're still going. They're still going. And somehow the atmosphere around them is different. Somehow they have a positivity in life that I don't carry or I don't see very often. Don't underestimate your atmosphere. Don't underestimate the power of who you carry around you, in your cells, in your spirit, in your atmosphere. Some of us think we've got to have a perfect word for people all the time. And, you know, I, I've said this before. Sometimes I'll be in a cafe and I'll look at someone and I think, Lord, just give me a word for them. I want to, I want to date. I want, to, I want something good, you know, not just something fluffy. But I want, I want something and, you know, I'll end up sweating on it, you know, sweating, sitting there, you know. And that's, that is not the flow of the Spirit. It's not the flow of the Spirit. If there's peace on it, He's normally on it. And so, but... But just, a, a, you know, I heard someone say at one stage, you know, um, if you've got nothing to say, you can always just do a little hit and run. You know, just like, oh, sorry. You know, just bless them in your sorry. You've, you've got Jesus on you and in you. You can do a little hit and run. 
Don't knock their coffee all over the place. You know, but just, just pass them by, just a gentle tap on the shoulder, just a little hit and run. They don't know they're getting blessed, but your atmosphere is blessing them. There's someone in you that's greater than anyone else, than anyone else. And sometimes we underestimate this stuff. Now, I don't encourage just sort of, you know, let's, let's keep this thing under control, okay? Let's not go crazy. But, but I shouldn't say hit and run. Maybe, I think they said bump and run. Yeah, bump's a little softer. Your atmosphere is powerful both for light and darkness. When, when you're around someone and they're not full of the Holy Spirit, but maybe they're filled with some other spirits, it's kind of heavy being around them. It's like a wet blanket. You walk away, you need to be washed. You, you just feel it. And so this is the same, but even in a greater way, that when we carry Jesus and his presence, we have an effect on other people. And you've probably had it said to you, there's something different about you, you know, in a good way. <laughs> there's something different about you. There's something different about you. It's not just that you're a power supporter, but there's something else. There's something else. It's powerful. We carry an atmosphere. I love Port Power supporters, by the way. George is a Port Power supporter. I wanted them to win last week. It was a great game. So just, just putting it out there that just, you know, really, hey, what? This week's a little different, you see? Okay, second thing. Let's get back on the horse. Practical, practical, be practical. We live practical lives. Yes, we're spiritual. Yes, we, we pray and we, we love all, all of that. And we have to have that as a huge part of our lives. But it then translates into a practical outworking of who we are. And it actually means that we're going to be able to give help to people. And one of the, the probably the worst things we can do in this area of telling our story is bore people with all the little, every little detail. And you can see them sort of fading out. When people fade out, you've gone way over time. You'll notice a clock at the back there for that reason, okay? When people fade out, you've gone overtime, and, and it's, it's too much. But make it practical, authentic, relevant, translatable, not hyper, hyper intergalactical spiritual that they don't even know what you're talking about, the scrolls and this and that and the other. You know, they don't even know what that is. But they're living their life as best they possibly can. And when we see them through the eyes of Jesus, we actually become relevant. Jesus was so relevant to the people around him. And, and you know, he had all the kingdom, all the authority, he had everything in him. But sometimes it was just that sometimes those most relevant little steps he would take to connect with people. Just connecting with them. And this, I think, is a powerful thing to, for us to remember, is keeping it practical. For example, if someone, um, you know, has, has an issue with their motor car or something like that, um, it's often easy for us to maybe take it to the heightened spiritual level. Now, if you're like me, if, you know, let's put it back into my context of a work environment, I, I just weird them out. I would weird them out if I'm like, let's go anoint it with oil and lay hands on this thing and believe for a miracle. You know, um, it, it just weirds people out. But, but if you actually go and pull your hands out of your pocket and help them lift up the bonnet and actually say, hey, I'm going to get in there with you and help you. What do you need help with? Now, I'm not saying don't pray over things, but think about it. Think about it. 
What's going to be really practical for them? What's going to translate for them? Now, while you're helping them, you're probably praying over the silly thing, especially if you're like me, who doesn't know a cord from a you know, piston from a whatever else. You, know, you, you need prayer at that time. But you're not getting so intergalactically spiritual that they're weirded out, they're cross-eyed, they don't even know what you're talking about. You're there with them in the trench, practically helping them, maybe praying over this thing. And all of a sudden it starts and you're just like, yeah, good work, man. You really know what you're doing. Straight away you've translated the spiritual into the practical. And he hasn't felt weirded out in the process. And this is how the kingdom can operate so easily, so simply, and our story can be told really, really practically. The last one is God's power, powerful. So three Ps, personal, practical, powerful. In every story, we have a little bit of God's power. Sometimes we have a lot of God's power. Um, and, and it's really, really interesting when we hear other people's story about meeting Jesus. It's powerful. It's powerful. Don't underestimate the power of your story of when you met Jesus or if you've grown in him or if you're just learning something in him. Now, I wouldn't go so far as to say exaggerate, but this is what I would say. Don't undersell it. Don't undersell him. Make sure you tell how good he is, how powerful he is, not about all the rules and regulations that they need to do to become as good as us. No, we actually want to free them from a yoke of slavery, not put them in a yoke of slavery. We want to free them in life, not put a heavy weight on, oh, you need to start coming to church. No, they don't need to start coming to church. They just need to find Jesus. They just need to find how good he is. They need to realize that he loves them. He wants to bless them. He wants to prosper them. He wants to do good things in their life. And all of a sudden, they want what you're eating because people want a good story. It's why so many people flock, and uh, it's probably my Facebook feed, but I, I follow you know, motivational guys and Tony Robbins and these guys. I think they're awesome. And, and their message is life. Sometimes they fall short of the gospel, but they've got a whole lot of the gospel in there because so many people in today's age are seeking after success, seeking how do I break through? How do I get success? How do I get the good life? And we have the answer. You have the answer sitting here today. And you might need to just work on it a little bit in the sense of what is my story? How is that translatable to other people? Or if it hasn't been working, what could work better? Because sometimes when we renew our mind, we actually renew our story and it becomes relevant to people. And all of a sudden, people are listening. Maybe we've stopped you know, talking for an hour about ourselves and every issue of life that's gone wrong and we actually start giving them the good stuff. And that's what people want in today's day and age, isn't it? I want to finish with this, Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. It says, So Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure that you stay free. That's interesting, isn't it? And don't get tied up again in slavery to the law. Everyone who is in Jesus, and if you're not in Jesus, if you don't know him this morning, you can invite him into your heart and you can let him refresh you and change you and make everything new. It's, it's, it's an open invitation. And you don't even have to follow a method. All you have to do is just open your heart. In he comes. It's a supernatural transaction. It's not even a, you know, it's, it's not even a thing that we have to routinely do. We do it sometimes. But it's a transaction that takes place with you and Jesus Christ. 
And this verse reminds us, so Christ has truly set us free. You are free today. No compulsion, no obligation. Doesn't matter what team you barrack for. There is no compulsion, no obligation. You're free. You're free in Christ. You know, sometimes we can feel like we need to be doing something to feel better about our faith. That's the law. Sometimes we can feel like we actually have to accomplish something in our life so that we're more spiritual. That's the law. Sometimes we can feel like there's, there's actually an expectation, a weightiness of I've got to live rightly so that I can become you know, good enough to, to get into heaven. That's the law. All of that has been done away with. We are free in Christ. We're free in Christ. It's, it's the greatest message there is. Because as soon as we get into law thinking, we begin to think we need to do something, but it's been done. It's been done. It's all been done. If nothing else plays out, it's been done through Jesus. And then he says, now make sure that you stay free. If you know Jesus and you've lived any number of years post getting filled with his spirit and getting to know Jesus, then you'll know that sometimes the old man begins to rise up or, or your old ways, old thinking, or, or even law thinking of, I need to do this, I need to do that, I don't feel good enough. And the moment we do that, we need to recognize that's the old way of thinking. That's the enemy's condemnation that he wants to put on us. But the Bible says that there is now no condemnation for those who are in Jesus. There's no condemnation. If you feel condemnation this morning, I pray that you just leave this place today with no condemnation. No matter how you're living, no matter what you're feeling like, because the Bible says there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And if you don't know him today, you can know him. I want you to stand. I want you just to close your eyes and for any who might be here this morning, you might have seen the baptisms or be a, a guest or whatever else. I don't want to make you feel bad today, but I want to give an opportunity for you to hear the voice of God the Father yearning you into his, his belonging, into his heart. It's the greatest thing you'll ever do. You'll never regret it. Sometimes you might get frustrated, but he loves you. He desires you. And this morning's an opportunity to invite him into your life, invite him into your heart and let everything begin to become new. A new, new man, new woman, new person, new thinking. The power of the cross of Jesus will break every stronghold. It will break every chain and he will begin to transform you into greatness, into his likeness, into his love and power. And so if that's you this morning, I'd just love you to pray with me. And uh, just so I know if you're praying with me, just everyone's eyes are closed. Just raise your hand this morning. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to ask you out the front or call out your name or anything like that. But I just want to pray with you this morning. Uh, just pop up your hand really quickly. And I'd love to just pray with you. And we're all just going to pray a general prayer this morning. I, I really want to give an opportunity to make sure that people know Jesus today, know his love, his goodness, and his power and uh, I'll just give another, you know, little minute or so just for anyone else who just wants to just, just give me a sign. Just give me a scratch your nose or something. And I'll take anything this morning. I'll take a twitch in the knee. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Well, we're all going to pray. And for those of you who just feel that this is for you this morning to give your life to Jesus, 
then you take this, you receive this, and you begin living with him. And we can help you with that if you want to talk to us after the service. So everyone pray after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I pray that you would forgive me all my sin. You would wash me clean. That you would take away any condemnation and give me your life. Give me your heart. I am now yours. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Awesome. Awesome. I'm going to ask the band to come up. And um, we're just going to sing in closing. And uh, we'd love you to hang around and grab some uh, cake and coffee after the service if you're a visitor. We'd love to just say hello. And, uh, but go and, go and give those guys who got baptized a hug this morning. And um, we... There's a couple of things I want to do just before we sing. You guys can just play something, you know, nice. Everything's got to be so atmospheric these days, right? You know? I will probably forever just stuff up atmospheric things sometimes. That's just okay. Are you okay with that? Just give me a wave if you're okay with that. It's called authenticity. (laughs) I I also feel it would just be a great day. For some who have come who maybe have been weary and condemned and feel feeling a heaviness, I just want to pray over you. You don't have to come down the front, but I want to pray over you and just bless what God's done today in your life. Bring an encouragement, a freshness. And so just with your eyes closed, lift your hands. And I just want to pray over us today. You might be surprised how good God is. You might be surprised about what he wants to do in your life today. And so, Lord, we thank you this morning. We thank you this morning. Thank you for what you've done. We thank you for your testimony. Thank you for the story that you've given each one of us. And, Lord, I pray that you would come by your Spirit and refresh. Come by your Spirit with your presence and your love and your power, and you would refresh those of us. Lord, that you would lift burdens. You would lift weariness. You'd bring clarity. You'd lift depression. Lord, you'd bring your healing. You'd bring your life. You'd bring your virtue and your goodness into us today. And Lord, we pray for good things to be released. Lord, I pray for any wrong thinking, old man thinking, old ways thinking, even in restrictions in finances. I sense there's some who are really burdened with restrictions in the area of finances. Lord, I pray a breaking off, a breaking off of restrictions in that area. Lord, that there'd be new thinking, new believing. Lord, that you'd open doors and that you'd provide in great ways. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence. And we pray even right now that you would freshly, freshly fill us with a boldness and a love. Lord, I pray for great things to follow us, even this week, even this week, in Jesus' name.